Good morning. How you guys doing? You doing good? Um, 8.45, huh? So much earlier than 9, isn't it? It seems like it. I'm glad you guys are here. Sorry, Mike's not here this, this morning. I'm really sorry Mike's not here this morning because you have me. And uh, we're just going to spend some time this morning. It's going to be a little different, and different is, is good a lot of times. Um, and uh, we're going to be focusing, you know, we've been going through this series called Essentials and uh, the essentials of, our, of our, our lives, our relationship with Christ and our relationship with others. Um, and uh, we're ending it today on communion. And, and the word communion, um, a lot of different things come to your mind, like these tables, you know, with the, with the stuff set up and things. But really what communion is is, is our relationship with Christ, right? Um, our communion with him, our worship with him. And so, you know, this morning uh, we're going to talk a little bit about worship. And again, that's another term, especially if you've been in church for a while, and some of you haven't. Um, some of you, we just completely freaked you out in 10 minutes, and maybe I didn't see you because we were behind the sheet, walk out the door. Um, but, but worship, you know, for those of us who have been in church, you know, there's a term and there's, there's definitions that come to our mind, um, and, and they're not necessarily true. In fact, maybe they're so small of what worship really is. Um, you know, maybe we just don't get it. I mean, this morning, uh, you know, we were just singing through these, these songs and practicing beforehand. And, and that song we sung at the beginning just grabbed hold of me because it breaks my heart this morning to think that, that we come in here weekly and, and miss it so often, right? We just, we, we miss what that, this time is meant to be so often. It breaks my heart. And, um, and hopefully, you know, your hearts are broken today. Because a lot of us walk in with hard hearts, either towards the church um, or hard hearts because we've built up religion that we don't really hear and listen to God, right? Um, we're all made to worship. We're all worshipers. I mean, you, my friend, are a worshiper, okay? I guarantee you, I, don't, I may not know you, but I know that you're a worshiper because that's what you're wired to do, right? Um, you know, some examples of worship that are very common, Okay. Um, that you know, many of you partake in okay, on a regular basis. Um, one is when you're a Razorback fan, right? I mean, that's worship. I mean, look at you know, what's going on here, okay? Uh, that's, that's true, you know, serious worship. Some of you aren't sports fans. You're more of music, you know, concert fans. Um, you know, and just look at that girl with the glasses right there. You know, look at her for a second. Like, what? Really? Like, she is, she's loving you know, that moment. Some of you are NASCAR people. Um, this guy's definitely a, a worshiper of NASCAR, loves it, shaves it in his back, um, and uh, it's, it's disturbing sometimes how much we worship some things, right? Um, we worship what we value, right? You guys came in here, and, and you, you, you value something. You came in here as worshipers this morning, right? Um, the things that we value, you know, some of the things that kind of can go into that uh, equation of what we value is our time. You know, what do we spend our time doing, right? Just, let's just be very basic here. Where, where's your time been in the last seven days, right? Yesterday, where did your time go, right? Um, your energy, you know, what do you really fight for every day? I mean, what do you get up and, and do and, and put forth? Uh, what kind of energy do you put forth? And that's something that you value, right? Our money. I mean, it's very simple. Where does our money go, right? And I'm not sitting up here saying if you don't, you know, give, you know, 80% to the church, then you're not worshiping, you know, the Lord. Um, but it is about where your heart is and your money is, right? Um, your affections. What do your affections um, go towards? What about your thoughts, Right? 
Um, and so we, we, we treat worship a lot of times, um, worship to God as just kind of like this formula. We do this, this, and this, and we're done. And we're, we're kind of doing our thing, and we're good until we get back to Sunday, and then now we, now we can worship again. But the truth is we're all worshipers. We all worship what, uh, what we value is what we worship. And the way you look at, okay, so Jared, what do I worship? Follow that trail. All right, follow that trail of the things that we just mentioned, and, and what does that lead to? What are you putting up on a pedestal? Right? It's, it's no wonder that in this country, in this world, we have to idolize things, don't we? Like we have to put things up on an idol, right? Uh, American Idol. Anybody watching that right now? Um, and, I mean, it's just, you know, Adam Lambert is a freak if you're watching, okay? Uh, he scares me to death, right? But we have to idol things. Um, you know, our, 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 our president, right? I mean, he's like, he, we have to make things our savior, right? He's supposed to be our savior, and people are lifting him up. And we can't help but put things on a, on a pedestal. We can't help but build idols, right, for things. We can't help because that's what we were wired to do. It's inside of us. We're wired to be worshipers. Now, let me take a little step here off of our track that every one of us are worshipers. Right? Every one of us have come in here with something. And, and some of you are more prepared to go into a Razorback worship service. Right? Some of you are more ready to go into a Facebook worship service. Most of you, some of you are ready to go into an Arthur Fonzarelli worship service. Okay? Um, because that's where your time has been spent this last week. Okay? Your time has been spent, your energy, your money, your thoughts have been going towards this. Maybe it's ESPN, right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's truth. So have you walked in here worshiping God? Because though you're wired to worship, you are also made to worship God. You're created to worship the Father. Now, this is kind of where we get you know, mixed up here. Because a lot of us, m- many of us, have walked in here this morning not ready to worship God. Right? Because that's not where our time and our energy and our money and and our affections and our thoughts have been going towards. But we're made to worship God. There's this internal magnet inside of us where we, we, want, we, we, we long for him. And we don't sometimes know that it's him, right? Many people in the world don't. But we have this magnet. You know, you guys ever hang things on your refrigerator with magnets, and sometimes you, you try to put like ten pictures under a magnet, you think that magnet's going to hold up, right? Um, it doesn't work. And though we all have that magnet inside of us, a lot of us have built up these walls to where, you know, we, we can't. Worship God, because we're worshiping other things in our life. And certainly many of us you know, don't follow in that purpose that we were um, made, made to do. So let's define a couple terms here. I'm going to be really quick, because this morning I want to, I want to teach a little bit, and, uh, but I want to spend some time just in worship. Um, there's going to be a lot of elements and things going on that, um, that you're free to respond with no judgment uh, this morning. And, uh, and so I just wanted to find a few things on your bulletin. You got a big blank sheet because I'm not good at making notes for people. So you can make your own notes. Okay. Um, let's define some terms. Let's define worship. Okay. Worship is Louis Giglio said it's our walking around life. Okay. I think that's a pretty good term, right? Our walking around life. All right. Uh, it's like our journey, uh, in God, not a service, right? Not a service at all. Um, true worship, Louis Giglio said, is not confined to a place. True worship is not confined to a place. He said, worshiping God is, listen to this, what we do as we respond to his mercy in our walking around life. It's not the words I sing, but me I bring. I am the offering laid at your feet. My steps, the melody, oh so sweet, all of me in praise of thee. Right? This is not the place of worship. Though on our you know, side of our building it said worship service. Okay? We are going to come in and worship God and praise God. But this is not the worship. 
right? Though many of us have treated it that way. This is not the place. If worship was as easy as 20 minutes of song and 35 minutes of message and an offering and some announcements, how weak and insignificant is our God? Amen? I mean, why, why live for that? Why fight for that? Why devote your life to that? Why be scrutinized for being a follower of Jesus if our worship just is, is entailed in 20 minutes of song, 35 minutes of message, 40 usually for Mike, and um, some announcements and some offerings, right? I mean, that, it, people walk in here, okay, and, and we can, we'll, we'll call them lost, okay, because they are lost, and, and they're the sheep that have gone off astray, and Jesus is, is looking for you. If you don't have a relationship with Christ this morning, you may not know it, but you're lost, okay? But they come in, and they see our worship, and, and it's the proverbial light switch, isn't it? You guys have heard the example. We come in and switch the light on, okay? Okay, time to worship God now, and then we go out and we, we switch it off, right? It's like going out to your car to that, or to your garage, that nice, clean, beautiful SUV, and starting it every single day trying to start it without gas in it i mean that's what that's what it is when we come in and we haven't come in with our worship right and we just kind of flip that light switch on people that don't know christ they come in here and they're like what do they have that i don't like why do i need this and and you know yes definitely if they don't have a relationship with christ they're lost but maybe we're lost right maybe maybe we don't get this worship thing and we walk away and we just say, well, you know, the sermon was pretty good. The music was pretty good. Or this is kind of what I got out of it or, or whatever. And truly, honestly, this is not the place of worship. It's not. Our worship is our outpouring, right? We come in here. You come in here with this. Okay, I come in here with this. You come in here with this experience and this conversation. And, and we come in here with these things that have gone on in our week. And we come in and we pour those out because we've been pouring out all week. We pour those out together, lifting up the same holy, glorious name, the same God, right? Of the, you know, however many people in here, we all come in with different things. But we're still worshiping the same holy, amazing God. This is not the place of worship, but this is an important time. Uh, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of people um, that are followers of Jesus that they're tired of church. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them if, if it's just tired of this light switch, tired of walking away feeling like, well, by the fourth song, I kind of started to feel it, right? Um, but this time is important. There's a lot of people that don't believe that they need to be a part of a church body, okay? Um, in... Uh, um, Matthew 18.20 talks about the uniqueness of community worship, right? Uh, Jesus promised a special presence when we gathered in his name, his special presence, a presence that, he's, that we're not going to experience unless we're here in this place lifting him up in praise, right? The weekly gathering of worship is the cornerstone for the Christian community. It is, right? I talked to somebody you know, a couple weeks ago, and they just said, and, and they were kind of in that place where they just didn't feel like they'd been burnt on church and they were tired of it. And again, I don't blame them, but they just started to realize I, I didn't have a fervor for the Lord when I wasn't around people worshiping the same awesome name, right? Here's another definition. Let's put this down. We're going to kind of separate the two, okay? Uh, worship, we talked about, is kind of our walking around life, our journey, okay? Um, and it entails our 365, seven days a week, 24 hours, okay? Let's talk about praise a little bit. To praise is literally, okay, the, the word for it is to celebrate, um, extol, and adore. That's what praise is. Praise is to celebrate, extol, and adore, right? And God knows how well we can praise, right? You guys have praised before. God made you that way. Something excites you, 
Something gets you going. You don't get Super Bowl tickets and stand there with your hands in your pockets, do you? You don't when they call the hogs, unless you're a lost, uh, put your hands in your pockets. I'd be careful there. You don't, right? God, God's like, I made you that way, okay? I mean, for me, like March Madness is the greatest time of the year for me. I'm loving this, though I didn't pick any Final Four teams. I'm still loving it, right? Um, and God made me, he's like, I know that you get excited about basketball and, and March Madness, I, and, and I'm cool with that because I made you that way, but I want you to give that to me now. I want you to forward that. I want you to, to, to aim this passion, this praise that you have, and I know you have it, towards me. Give it to me, because I made you that way. And, I mean, I'm telling you guys, I, some of you, I, I, like, I, I just know you from a Sunday morning, but when I see you other places, I mean, you get passionate. Like, some of you that are on three-on-three tournament, I was like, dang, you know? I mean, it, it, was, it was nuts. I was like, I've never seen that before. Um, you know, and, and so we walk in here just with this, like, this dead kind of, and we call it reverence, but it's really not, right? Um, you know, David's wife, Michael, blamed him, accused him, and, and, and pretty much said, your praise is, is wrong, the way you're praising. And God uh, cursed her with not having any children anymore, right? And David said, listen, woman, pretty much, I'm, you think I'm undignified now? Just wait. Right? But a lot of us, we, we, we call it reverence. And there is a place to be reverent before God. But, you know, God, you can't avoid Psalms and how often, how often um, we, there's actions and there's passion and just, and just these things toward God. We sometimes read that, we're like, well, David's a freak and I'm normal. Um, but that's not the case. God loves, loves to hear as people praise him and lift him up, right? This is our place of praise and our place of where we come in with our worship and we praise and we lift him up. I want to get to a scripture and then we'll, we'll fly through this really quick. And I think it's the key to our worship, to our relationship with God. Go to Mark chapter 12 if you can. Mark chapter 12, 28 to 31. Very familiar. 90-something percent of you would be able to, to quote this for me. Mark is in the New Testament, okay? So kind of three-fourths back in your Bible, and then Matthew, Mark, okay? The second book in the New Testament, page 720 for some of you. If I got that right, let me know. All right. So Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 31. Read it up here on the, on the screen uh, with me or in your, script, in your Bibles. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well... Ask them, which commandment is the most important of all? Okay, the religious leaders came to Jesus and they said, what is the, what is the greatest commandment, Jesus? Um, Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Right? Jesus was giving something to the, to the religious leaders that was not foreign to them. They didn't be like, whoa, Jesus, that's awesome. I never thought of it like that. It's the Shema. It's Deuteronomy 6.5. Right? Jesus didn't come to bring a bunch of new stuff. He was just coming to put the pieces together of the old stuff right, and fulfill that. And so uh, he quotes, and, and that didn't blow them away. But then Jesus came back, and they didn't ask for a second one. But Jesus gave it to him anyway, inseparable, but here it is, the second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. I believe that's, what, that's our worship. That's our walking around life. Jesus says, this is the greatest thing that you can do. The greatest commandment is to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we're going to talk about those four things this morning. We're going to talk about strength, 
mind, soul, and heart. Okay, so write some notes down with me here. We're going to talk about strength. Okay, how do we worship God with all of our strength, with all of our body? You can put in parentheses right next to strength, body. Okay, Romans 12.1 says, most of you know this, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Okay, both the Hebrew and the Greek, get this, this is going to blow your mind, both the Greek and the Hebrew meaning words for worship literally mean to fall down prostrate before someone. It's an action, right? It's our bodies, it's our strengths. That's, that's literally what worship means. So if this is a worship service and that's what worship means, are we, I mean, you know, are we missing it? Right? Are we missing this a little bit? I mean, just, just look through Psalms. Psalm 47.1 talks about clapping and shouting. Psalm 95.6 talks about bowing down and kneeling. Psalm 134 says, stand up, lift your hands. Psalm 149.3 says, dancing. Well, we just play cards, right? I mean, we, you know, sorry. Um, it, it, it's, all, it's all over Scripture, Right? There's no, there's no term referring to worship of putting your hands in your pockets. There's just not. Right? Here's a few really cool Hebrew words I want to give you. Just a few of them, all right? You can write this one down. Halal. H-A-L-L-A-L. Halal. Can you all say halal? Where do, you think, where do you think word comes from halal? Hallelujah. All right, very good. Halal literally means to act clamorously foolish, to celebrate. To act clamorously foolish and to celebrate. Right? That's what halal means. Uh, everybody say yada. We said this a few weeks ago. Y-A-D-A-H. Yada. That means to uh, praise God with extended hands. Okay? And that's, that, there's a lot of places in Scripture where it says extend your hands, extend your hands. Yada. Okay? Uh, shabak. Everybody say shabak. Okay, shabak is, is to actually shout loudly. So we're going to say it the way it's supposed to be. Everybody say shabak. shabak. All right. Very good. Right? To shout loudly. And some of you would be like, you know, sitting here like singing, you know, how great is our God. Woo! And you're like, what in the world? You know, and, and but, you know, but they're shabaking, right? They're shouting loudly, right? So if you do that and someone looks at you weird, just be like, I'm shabaking, dude. Get off me. All right. Go read it in the Bible. There's a, a Hebrew word called tehillah. Okay, that's T-E-H-I-L-L-A-H, tehillah. This is a really cool one. It says sing a new song to the Lord. Okay, sing a new song to the Lord. And this isn't like, I'm going to teach you guys a song. It's been on KLRC for all week. It's like a song, get this, that every single one of you can sing a song that no one else in this world can sing to God. Okay, no one else in this world, I'm guessing, can, can sing a song that says, God, I love you. Thank you for my wife, Katie, my daughter, Albany, um, my, my unborn child. We're pregnant again, if you didn't know on Facebook. Um, thank you for... You know, thank you for these, these things. God, thank you for uh, giving me this house on, on 214 Haley Drive that you've just blessed us with. Whatever. You can sing a new song to God that of the millions and billions of people that have existed in this world cannot sing other than you. Tehillah. Right? Let's sing how great thou, thou art, and then let's sing a new song to the Lord that he's never heard of before, and he just takes joy in that. Right? There's another one, Gil, G-I-L. Right? Dance in circles with joy. Yeah, dance in circles with joy. The song Marvelous Light, right? Lift my hands and spin around, okay? And it blows me away because we sing a lot of these songs, um, and we sing them, right, but we don't do them. Does that make everybody, anybody else feel really weird? Like we fall down, we lay our crowns, and I'm standing up, right? 
uh, lift my hands and spin around, and my hands are in my pockets facing, you know. And, and it's just like because I feel a little uncomfortable, I don't want to be a distraction or anything like that. But God's just like, give it to me. Right? Give it to me. Um, the last one is Shaka. S-H-A-C-H-A-H. Lots of H's in there. Shaka. Falling, bowing down, prostrate. Right? Falling face down in worship. There's a song Matt Redman wrote, and it, and, it, and it pretty much says, when you face up to the glory of God, you find yourselves face down in worship. You do. Chaka. All right. That's your strength. Let's talk about mind real quick. I'm going so long. This hour service is not going to work for me. It's definitely not going to work when Mike gets back. Let's talk about our mind. Let's worship God with our mind, our intellect. Put out intellect next, you know, next to that. Uh, Romans 12, 2, okay, the next verse in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, right? God decided to reveal himself, all right, in the Old Testament through words, okay, and through commandments, and God would speak to prophets and would speak to his followers, and they would again, you know, and, but there was always this, this separation, and then God decided, okay, now I'm going to make myself completely known, and in John 1, we see God, or we see uh, John refer to Jesus as the Word, right? The Word. God has made himself known. We can know him with our minds. We can worship him with our intellect and know him uh, because he's made himself known through Jesus Christ, the Word. Um, have you ever been driving late at night and realized that you don't remember the last 30 miles that you drove? Anybody? Raise your hand. Okay. When I was first on staff here and I was driving from Washtenaw Baptist to here and doing weekend ministry, right, four hours one way, there was lots of those moments where I was just like, what just happened? How did I wake up in this truck stop? You know, or whatever. I wasn't drinking or anything. I was just tired, okay? Um, and, uh, and I think that a lot of times we, that's what happens. It's so dangerous when we do that and we're driving. But it's so dangerous when we come and we have a relationship with God and we worship. And we don't really think about what we're doing. It's mindless. We just kind of come in. Here's the process. And here's what we do. We just kind of spit it out. But really, we just have no mind to it. We have no thoughts. We have, you know, I mean, can you guys remember the sermon, you know, from last week? I, you know, it's just like worshiping God with our minds, with our intellects is actually possible. It's actually real. The mind is where we register the action. And that's what it is. That's why it's important, where we get this in our mind, okay? We, we can't know God, okay, and, and follow him unless we know in our minds intellect, intellectually that he's there, right? Um, he talks about worshiping God, loving the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul, all right? Um, this is going to ruffle some feathers here. Put out next to soul, emotions. That's, that's, that's kind of what that is with our soul, all right? Jesus 11.35, my favorite verse in the, in the world, Jesus wept. I'm sorry, John 11.35, it's not a book called Jesus. John 11.35, Jesus wept, right? Jesus began, began to weep, okay? Jesus was, was, uh, was an emotional guy. He gave his soul to Jesus, right? And just the weirdness of Psalms, right? Just the weirdness, how like, because I used to read that and just be like, am I supposed to ask God to kill all my enemies? Because there'd be a lot of people around me dying really quick, right? Just the, the weirdness of how blatant David was, but he was worshiping God with his soul, with his emotions. He was saying, God, this is the way I feel. This may not be right, okay, to, to do this, but this is, it's right that I'm telling you how I feel. It's right that I'm worshiping with, with, us, with my soul and with my emotions, right? God is a passionate God. The Bible is a love story. 
I, I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who it was, and they, they know our church. Um, they've never been here, though, when they were like, Grace Point, oh, that's the sloppy wet kiss church, right? And, and I know that, that that's been a, a song that either, like, some people loved it, or they're just like, I hate that song. I hate that song so much. And, uh, and that's, that's okay, but it's a passionate song. It's, it's a love song, how he loves us so, like a sloppy wet kiss. It's not a peck on the cheek. It's not this, you know, it, it's not just this reverent, polite thing. It's just like a passionate pursuit, right? Worshiping God with all of our souls and with all of our emotions. Emotions can connect. This is important to write down. Emotions can connect our intellect with our will. Emotions can connect our intellect with our will, right? We can know this, but until we feel it and we want it, we won't do it, Right? Um, when was the last time that you expect, expressed emotion in worship? In your, in your bedroom? When was the last time you just cried out or just danced around or whatever? When was the last time you expect, expressed your soul and your emotion in worship? Right, there's a difference. If I sit up here and read like the story of, of you know, Christ and Easter's coming up and, and just what he gave and all that kind of stuff, it would be like, you know, that's really cool. But like if you saw like a video I was watching this week and I was watching The Passion, I'd never seen it since it came out in theaters, but I had it and I finally was like, okay, I'll watch it a little bit. It's, it's different because it tugs on your souls and tugs on your emotions. Now we can get a little too far where emotions define us, and that's not right at all. It's not. Uh, but we can love God with our emotions, with our souls. All right, the last one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is, this is different than what we think heart is. We think heart is emotions, but heart is actually our will. It's our will. The Creator gave us the power to choose. What the heck was He thinking? He gave us the power to choose. Right? To, to, to choose Him or to not choose Him. He wants us to love Him. He doesn't want puppets. Because he could have done that, right? He could have just played his little play and, 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 you know, go on with it. These people are worshiping me. He wants us to choose to love him. He gave us that choice, that power to do that, right? In our culture, the heart is the primary symbol for, like, strong emotions, but not in the biblical times. It's our human will, right? You being here is an act of will. You're giving up your time. You're giving up your energy. You're giving up, uh, you know, your availability, I mean, you being here is an act of will, right? And it is. So you know, pat yourself on the back, okay? It's, 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 it's an act of will. Every authentic encounter with Jesus, get this, will cut to the heart and elicit a powerful response of the will. Every authentic encounter with Jesus will invade the soul and invade the heart and elicit a powerful response. It may be towards him or maybe it may be away from him, but every authentic encounter... So, so is your heart, when you leave here, is your will to go and to do this? I know what I'm going to go out and do. Or is it you didn't really have an authentic encounter with Jesus, and so you just you don't really feel like you need to make a move or make a step? And the second part of the greatest commandment is very important. And we've talked about this the last few weeks, but in Isaiah, um, God is very upset because these people are bringing the right sacrifices and the offerings and all this kind of stuff. They're coming to the worship services and they're singing the songs. But they weren't going out and loving people. And Jesus said, the way that you love me is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the way that you show that is to love people. It's inseparable. Right? Blew the religious leaders away because he said, this is inseparable. You have to love people. Right? This is the way that you show me that you love me. And this whole 
worship thing. It's not, it's, it's just being in love with God. It's just being in love with God. My, my buddy Pete and I were, were talking, and, and uh, we were talking about a quote that John Piper had um, talked about in Desiring God. And, uh, you know, essentially it says, um, would you still enjoy and desire heaven if God wasn't there? I, could, I know that kind of blows your mind. Not biblical, I'm just asking, okay? Uh, just, just, just think about that. Would you still want heaven and long to be there just the same way that you, that you do if God wasn't actually there? Right? Is, is heaven, the I can only imagine song, is that, is that like so that I don't have any pain anymore? I don't have to struggle with my sin anymore? You know, it's this paradise place where I'm going to be jumping around on clouds and playing harps, right? Is it this place, you know, and all that's good. God promises that. It's a gift. It's, it's, it's Eden, right? It's what it was created to be. But heaven's going to be about worshiping God, Right? Heaven's going to be about just being in his presence and being blown away at God. It's not about my house and my crowns. It's about God. Right? This whole worship journey, this whole thing is about being in love with God. Being in love with him. Wanting to spend time with him. Wanting to give him everything that I have. My strength, my will, my soul, my mind. Give him that. <clears throat> 